Okay, that's that's enough from uh, These Hoes by the Cash Me Outside Girl. Um, it's the name of the song. Why are they bleeping out hoes? People say hoes all the time. Oh, that's what's getting bleeped out anyway. Yeah. Makes it hard to listen to. Uh, I blame Jack and Joe, G-E-A-U-X. That for is the, the proper spelling. Um, uh, this is giving me cancer. Um, a lot of those kind of comments about yeah, the no more spelled N-E-A-U-X. <laughs> but the reason... Very clever. Well, two things got my attention. So that girl who is just a snotty brat on Dr. Phil, that's her claim to fame, ends up opening bars and clubs around America and gets a record deal with uh, Atlantic Records and now is in the Hot 100. I don't know what that pays you or anything like that. But I thought the lyrics were a little bit interesting just because this whole lifestyle that's going on. So she uh, she does her chorus, which is all about her, but then she gets into the these hoes verse. Look, these hoes be fake flossing, fake-ass jewelry, got a neck, neck rash, ew. These hoes be fake balling, tax money that... S won't last. These hoes be blank writing. Think they're going to come up because they let you blank you. These hoes be full of drama. They always with the extra. These hoes, they wake up, they begging on the gram. They be fake flexing. Why you lying? These hoes, they wake up broke, mattress on the floor, running their mouth so petty, blah, blah, blah. That whole Instagram posing with in hot clothes with jewelry. Well, it's a Kardashian. Kardashian started this. Is that who you blame for this whole thing? But I know that's a huge industry and just lifestyle for so many women. I see it on the Twitter. Like, I'll follow, I'll go down a Twitter hole sometimes with somebody make a comment and I don't understand. And then I'll see a picture and I'll think, what is going on here? And then I see their followers and there's just, there's so many of the, that going on. And I don't even right. know and what it all is. All of them have a million followers or more yeah, or whatever. And yeah, I don't so. even know what it is. Well, uh, as they say, only Nixon could go to China. Are you saying only this would be gangsta half bright twit? Could be the one to expose the half bright twittedness of the lifestyle. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I just. I, I thought it was interesting. Her calling it out. I don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know what drives it. I think it's the Kardashian thing. Everybody wants to be the hot chick. The one. Everybody wants you, hot chick. Well, that's what that's what she was. She was. She was Paris Hilton's kind of curvier friend. And then through a series of various decisions, eventually became a... Decisions by God to punish humanity. <laughs> right. Or by her mom to actively market her sex tape, yeah. those sort of things. She became a multi-million dollar brand or industry. And so I... people see those correlations, not necessarily causation, thinking the way that I get to that multi-millionaire lifestyle is by being an attractive social celebrity, flexing, social media celebrity. Flexing on the gram, even right. though, as this chick says, you're sleeping on a mattress on the floor. I think you could, um, <clears throat> you could attribute some of it to the Kardashian phenomenon, but it's just, it's a natural human impulse, I think, meeting the interwebs, the desire to be beautiful and admired and the rest of it. And, uh, now you have the opportunity to completely lose your dignity. Uh, of course, we've always had the opportunity to do that. Well, it's it's offered a crossroads to interact with famous people that nobody ever had in the past. Right. Before. You can be just all, all you have to be is attractive. And every town has got, yeah. you know, uh, a, a, a super hot chicken. And if the yeah. right musician or athlete sees your profile and all of a sudden you're going out on a date. Now you which happens, has, actually, yes, which actually happens way more than you would ever think. That's yeah. right. Derek Jeter seen on uh, Broadway with a Instagram 
model. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden or you Clay have Clay Thompson. You have elevated your lifestyle, and if you Derek get in, Jeter is dating Clay Thompson. <laughs> no, Clay Thompson's famous for dating Instagram models. <gasps> and if you get in one of those TMZ stories of oh, such and such Instagram model seen out with ex athlete, all of a sudden now you have those endorsement opportunities on your social media feed. It's a it's a very weird kind of uh, economy. Yeah, so I get you know I'd never thought about that before until uh, this girl pointed it out to me. She is quite the sociologist, the catch me outside girl. <laughs> yeah, if she wrote that, and she may have, I don't know. But so a lot now, of troubled, angry people are troubled and angry because they got a lot on their mind. I'm not saying she's nothing but a dumb little twit, but she came off that way. And I realize not all attractive women are doing this, but if you're unattractive and you're missing something, maybe a father figure, maybe something in your life, you don't just have to be the hot girl in your high school anymore, or your college, or your little town, or whatever. You you dress up every day and get the lighting right, and you could be dating a celebrity. Got or fake jewelry and a, a neck rash? Ew. <laughs> what is that all about? Is that a thing with fake jewelry, I guess? Is she talking about uh, hickeys, which is not no, a good No, she's talking about no, you're wearing you... cheap junk oh, jewelry God. that like, yeah, turns yeah. your neck orange and you get a rash. Yeah. These hoes, they... It's f- nickel. It's not silver. These hoes, they feed off attention. Yeah? Yes, you do. Wait a minute. Yes, you do, Daniel. Yes, you do. Interesting. That's a, that's an interesting lifestyle. I wouldn't if I had a girl. I wouldn't want her. Uh, I would hope I could keep her from going that direction. The you put yourself out on Instagram and hope you meet an athlete as a career path. That the most marketable skill or asset you have is your sexuality. That seems a seems like a very complex message to send to young girls. I forgot to get the article out of my car again. I promise I'm going to get it because I want to talk about it today. There's a new book out about entitlements that is so damned interesting, starting with the Revolutionary War pensions through today. Mm. Every single entitlement has had the same problems, the reason that they get out of control, and uh, it's, a, it's a book that hopefully could wake some people up to some things. I hope. We'll talk about that later. Now interesting. You know, I actually tried to teach my daughters that uh, let's not define ourselves by our sex parts, please. Let's uh, let's be more than that. Can we have uh, some ideas, please? Some character, ladies. Not that it was ever an issue with them. But speaking of uh, women of substance, important women. Boy, is this going? No, that was that was. I'm about to. I, I'm going to play some uh, some audio here, Michael. Okay, we're well, all that, that you know what? That gesture was vague. That gesture could have been anything. Could have been a gang sign. Could have been let's go to break. Could have been personal insult. I stole third. Been swatting in a fly. Right. Uh, speaking of women of substance, this is going around. Boy, howdy, how many people have sent this to us? So, but, you know, I, I was sure that you were going to win. I mean, let me take you back to so that night. So was I. I know. <laughs> I know. But I was on the way to winning. I thought I was going to win. But for that intervention, I would have won. I would have won, but for Jim Comey's letter absent that i i believe and i think the evidence shows i would have won but for that comey letter she would have won the election been on october 27th i'd be your president you know he didn't win the popular vote he squeaked through in the electoral college he did win in fact well i won the popular vote i did win the women's vote i got more white women votes than barack obama did i won three million more votes than the other guy right remember i did win more than three million votes than my opponent he should worry less about the election and my winning the popular vote. As we won the popular vote so uh, significantly, she would have won. I would have won. I would have won. I would have won. What happened? I won. <laughs> Little Walter White there just for you at the end there. If uh, she's not running again, then 
there's no explaining what she's doing other than she's sad or psychotic. Uh, Unless she's running again. Maybe she just wants to make more money. Selling her book? Somebody made the comment that what happened, Hillary Clinton, is the first book in the history of publishing that contained both the question and the answer on the cover, (laughs) which I thought was clever. 30% of likely U.S. voters believe Clinton still has a future in public life. 61% say it's time for her to retire. That's up six points since just after the election. Yes, yes, and other polls have showed that her numbers have gone down in terms of voters since the election. Not up, where you'd think, oh, I sure wish I'd voted for Hillary. No, people that voted for Hillary have decided they wish they hadn't voted for Hillary. Two to one. Go away. So what is she doing? Making money. She's like the uh, whole girl. I don't think so. I think there's something bigger going on there. She's She's trying to burnish her legacy. Good luck. First of all, it's not going to burnish itself. First of all, it's clearly not working based on the numbers you just showed us. Wow, that is something. We got a lot of good stuff coming up. That entitlement story is fascinating, deep, thought-provoking. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Only three presidents in U.S. history have had any luck in reigning in entitlements, and all three of those were uh, brief. Mm. Going back to Revolutionary War pensions. There's a new book out about the history of entitlements, how they grow, why they grow. It's a, it's more or less depressing in that it doesn't seem there's anything you can do about it, but it's it's pretty interesting history, and we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. Is it one of those situations where if you actually studied and grasped history, you would avoid problems? No. No. Why not? Because it's just inexorable. It can't be stopped. It's right. like the tides. It's a human nature thing. How interesting. Well, I will stay tuned for that. I do enjoy having my thoughts provoked. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're going to leap into a report on special report uh, with Brett Baer on the Fox News the other day. It uh, brings up a number of interesting topics uh, having to do with uh, your progressive states, immigration, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Oh, it begins with a description of uh, California, and I missed this somehow, passed a resolution in the legislature ordering President Trump to apologize for his administration so far, which is an awful lot like the completely silly, self-obsessed, hilariously self-serious, like, city council of Berkeley or Seattle or whatever, issuing a condemnation of an international treaty. We don't, you don't get to weigh in. <laughs> You're a city council. But anyway, good time, good expenditure of taxpayers' time and money. Oh, there's plenty of taxpayer abuse in this story, Jack. Hit it. National correspondent William Lajeunesse has the latest from Los Angeles. To censor President Trump for his comments following a white supremacist rally. First of all, it's white supremacist. Go on. For his comments following a white supremacist rally. In Charlottesville, California lawmakers pulled no punches last week, belittling President Trump. His lack of leadership and his harmful statements cannot go unanswered. On race, climate, education and immigration, California considers itself the resistance. What this bill does, it it restores a little bit of trust. Lawmakers passed a statewide sanctuary bill shielding immigrants from deportation. It sends a very clear message uh, to the Trump administration that in California, we value inclusivity. We We value inclusivity. We value diversity. The only thing... Virtually everybody values those things within the bounds of the law. 
Well, nobody ever pushes back on politicians, including Republicans don't push back either. Don't, journalists and Republicans. They never push back on the use of the word immigrant in place of illegal immigrant. Sure. Um, you know, never call anybody on who's who's anti-immigrant. Who, do you know anybody who's actually anti-immigrant? I personally don't. It's a tiny fringe of people. Yeah, but, but they get away with saying that all the time. Well, we value inclusivity and diversity. Yes, so do I. But within the law, I value welcoming people into my home, but I got to invite them first. When Charlie Rose said to Steve Bannon, we're a nation built of immigrants. And Steve Bannon's reply was, that's beneath you, Charlie. I thought that was the perfect response. I'm not sure how many people got that, you know, understood all the nuance of that little portion of the conversation. Sure. But that was the proper response. That's beneath you, that crap. Unless they believe it. Does the media, when they say that sort of thing, do they believe it? Do they not? See any difference between we're a nation of immigrants versus we got to have borders that we enforce. What's that got to do with us being a nation of immigrants? If we went back to the times of the great immigration booms when the number of immigrants relative to the uh, native population was at its highest, here here are some of your rules. You've got to prove that you will be self-supporting. You cannot take in any public support and you have to make sure you're disease free you have to prove that you're disease free and you need to immediately start learning english so if you're going to go with the we're a nation of immigrants and you're picturing ellis island well those were the parameters at the time are you okay with that now those of you who are for political purposes and we'll get to this merely throwing out those arguments because you know they are an emotional appeal to people and it makes them vote a certain way. If you're doing it cynically, at least I can respect that as a cynical maneuver. If you actual, actually believe that stuff, I mean, that's just, I mean, believe that as like an argument. Well, that's just, I'm sorry, it's just kind of dumb. Inclusivity, we value diversity. The only thing that this bill provides a sanctuary for is dangerous criminals. Opposed by law enforcement, the bill bars police from notifying ICE when certain criminals are released from jail. Pause, please. So it has to do with ICE working with law enforcement. It is worth noting that virtually all of law enforcement opposes this sort of thing. We've been told by a couple of big city police chiefs that... Well, this is really important so our immigrant community can come forward and and report crimes and blah, blah, blah. Virtually nobody below the level of chief is for this stuff. We put it out. We said, hey, are you cops whatever level? Sheriff's deputies, blah, blah, blah. Is this a valid valid argument? Specifically, we said, is it a valid valid argument that people aren't reporting crimes? We had a 98%. Absolutely not. There's nothing to this. This is a canard. It's fake from all of the actual working law enforcement uh, agents. It's worked, though. It's a good ploy. Yeah, it is a good ploy. Now, maybe there are cops who believe differently and they don't listen to our show because they don't like it. That's certainly within the bounds of possibility. Um, But I think it's worth noting that no cops like this idea except the top cops who are political, uh, political employees or elected positions including those charged or convicted of assaulting a police officer or a spouse, theft, hit and run, carrying a concealed weapon, or DUI. Now, those are crimes for which they will not cooperate with ICE and say, we have an illegal immigrant who fought a cop. It's not included. We have an immigrant who beats the hell out of his wife regularly, an illegal. Uh, We're not going to cooperate with ICE and tell him, hey, we have an illegal who beat his wife into a coma. 
I mean, maybe that gets into a gross bodily harm or some aggravating factor. I could be wrong on that, but I happen to be uh, rather militant on the question of spousal abuse. So, no, that's not. Uh, what go? Can what you give us that list of crimes again? What percentage of America you think agrees with that, or is even aware of it? And, and hey, here's the headline: Jerry Brown, for the love of God, the conservative on the scene, he made Kevin DeLeon, the Speaker pro tem of the Senate, go way further. They made the the list of exempt laws way smaller. Looking at it the other way, the the list of if you were convicted, and you got to be convicted of these laws. I mean, come on. Um, Jerry Brown made that list way, way bigger. Kevin DeLeon essentially wanted repeat criminal illegal aliens to be able to remain in the state. That's Kevin DeLeon, in case you want to know. His his slogan, my ethnicity before my state. My ethnicity before my constitution. I think they've gone a step too far in their cynicism, though, because if if the whole idea is we're with the Hispanics and the Hispanics will vote for us for the next 50 years, right. um, i got to believe the average Hispanic... <laughs> family is for booting out illegals who are committing horrible crimes. Yeah. Can I have that list of crimes again, Sean? Those charged or convicted of assaulting a police officer or a spouse, theft, hit and run, carrying a concealed weapon, or DUI. This is clearly uh, aimed at just uh, appeasing the open borders crowd and uh, bringing in more illegal aliens, and uh, they want more uh, future voters for the Democrat Party. Lawmakers also gave $30 million to help Dreamers stay in the U.S., and $45 million for... Oh, 45 million. Go ahead, let her roll. U.S. and 45 million for illegals to hire attorneys to fight deportation. All right, pause it. So you got $75 million of taxpayers' money dedicated to, um, well, and the one that galls me in particular is $45 million to pay the legal expenses of illegals who want to stay. Now, listen. Wow. We have a system, an immigration system, where you can appeal, you can get a lawyer, you can go through various hoops, et cetera, et cetera. If you sneak into this country and you think, you know, I got a pretty, I'm a pretty nice person, I'll bet they let me stay. You know, go ahead. Get yourself a lawyer. If you can, you know, manipulate the law or follow the law or whatever and get yourself a deal and stay, you're a nice person. I don't care if you live next door. That's fine. But the idea that I, as a taxpayer, need to pay your legal bills. I thought the whole argument was these are good, hardworking people who are trying to, you know, raise their family and they're contributing to California. Well, then they got money to hire a lawyer. Why am I, a taxpayer, paying their legal bills? That's effing obscene. It's pandering, which brings us back to the brilliant scheme of the California legislature to narrow the tax base to as small a number of people as humanly possible so that they can never be outvoted by taxpayers. They can continually promise the taxpayers money to anybody they want. And all the soft-hearted people, that's really nice. That is a nice thing to do with money, the government money. And the people who actually foot the bill never get a say. It's brilliant. It's a brilliant scam. Go ahead, just a little more. If anything, useful for President Trump uh, in keeping his supporters, including the ones in California, together and on his team. Demonizing Trump could produce a backlash, as lawmakers here demanded he apologize for his, quote, racist and bigoted behavior. Okay, a lot of what so what Chris Starwalt, who's there, uh, he's one of the politics editors there, is pointing out is that a lot of what's going on in your progressive states, uh, Oregon passing free abortions for illegals, literally, um, just last week, I think it was, or a couple of days ago, 
it's going to absolutely solidify the opposition to that sort of super hyper progressive politics. And as we saw the other day when Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi was getting shouted down, it's going to put mainstream Democrats in a really, really difficult position. Once this idea that that legislation, what it includes, what it doesn't include, the $45 million to pay for legals, uh, legal fees, once that gets to, to the country, once they start hearing about that, you're going to find out, super progressive left coasters, how unpopular that stuff is. We'll see. But California is just a, it's a madhouse. Well, I'm pro-laboratories of democracy. So uh, the rest of the country gets to watch it and see how it works. I'm pro-calling allied van lines. Well, if you live in California, it's a different situation. But uh... Well, and that's, again, the brilliance of the scam. There, you can't, there, there are not numbers, there are not enough taxpayers in California, income taxpayers, which is a huge amount of the revenue of California, there aren't enough of you to make any difference. That is intentional. So among things I want to talk about this morning, I think we need to give more time to the whole uh, FBI Manafort raid and the, some of the information that is leaked out on it, because that, that's something. Oh, yeah. Well, where this ends, nobody knows. Well, oh, I'd say. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, U.S.-Iran top-level meetings today bound to be contentious after Trump's U.N. blast. We got more than half of Californians saying it is time to move out of state and Generation Z. Wow. Generation Z avoiding sex, booze, and driving. So what is going on there? Stories coming up minutes from now. Armstrong and Guinea. I've noticed that with uh, relatives I have and, and friends and stuff like that. It's it, it That's something. I've noticed it in my kids. Sex, booze, and driving. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, boy. Still getting texts from people who really love that uh, Those Hoes song from uh, the Catch Me Outside Girl. People really, really... Well, now, wait a second. Nobody liked it. Nobody liked it. Cash me outside, girl. Reminds me of when my speaking spell would run low on batteries and sound like the devil. Thank you, Mame. What is her weird accent? Was her tongue cut off in an accident? If that song exists in this world, kill me now, spelled N-A-U-X. I've read the complete lyrics, and they are tripe. Well, I, I mean, really, I thought it was kind of an interesting commentary on that lifestyle, those kind of girls. Uh, she just bought a $90,000 Porsche, even though she's not old enough to drive it. She's 14, yes. <laughs> oh, hey, man. If crap sells, sell crap. Record deals often give a large cash advance. Sure. Kind of, oh, yeah, and she'll waste it all. And Yeah, yeah, they, they yeah. do that so then she can flex on the gram and be like the people that she's pretending right. that she hates. That's exactly my uh, argument with the lyric. It is highly self-contradictory, sometimes within the space of only a line or two. <laughs> Let's mm, get the yes, n- and pedantic. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, U.S. and Iran is going to be having their highest level interaction in Donald Trump's presidency a day after Trump delivered a blistering attack on the Islamic Republic and the landmark 2015 nuclear deal. The Iran deal was one of the worst and most one-sided transactions the United States has ever entered into. Frankly, that deal is an embarrassment to the United States, and I don't think you've heard the last of it. Believe me. You're an idiot. He threw in a believe me. That's the first one I'd heard. I, there. I was thinking, well, he went through the whole speech without doing any of his ad libs, but he uh, threw in a believe me there. That I can tell you. Yeah. 
Yeah, today, Secretary of State Rex Tillerson and the Iranian Foreign Minister are going to be attending an EU-hosted meeting about the agreement at the UN. They're saying the closed-door meeting is expected to be contentious. Yes, I would imagine. I want to check in very quickly. Over 200 people are dead after Mexico was hit by the second major earthquake in a couple of weeks. In Mexico City, the magnitude 7.1 quake toppled over 40 buildings. They got a state of emergency uh, that's been uh, declared. Rescuers are going through the rubble. Two giant earthquakes in a similar region in a a week. That's got to make people nervous. Of course, there could be not another one for 10,000 years or one this afternoon. Indeed. That's the trouble with earthquakes. Latest survey says more than half of California voters are considering moving out of the state because of skyrocketing housing costs. According to the poll by UC Berkeley, 56% of voters have considered moving. 60% now say they support rent control. Of the voters who considered moving, most are renters, and they fall in the 30 to 39-year-old age group followed by voters aged 18 to 29. I would like to know about how that question was posed to yeah. people, because um, I have a feeling that a certain chunk of that is, yeah, housing costs, yeah, and all the other crap, you know, adds into right. that, you know, is on the back of your mind also. Sure. The weird politics, the taxes, the everything else, where, where your money goes that you pay for your high taxes. Yeah, come on now. If you're living in, uh, you know, one of your progressive states that if you're a conservative makes you crazy, but you could buy a 6,000 square foot house for $120,000, well, that changes the calculus. Indeed. Where are they going these days? Oregon, Washington State, Nevada, and Arizona. That's where Californians are fleeing. Okay, so it, it, it must be a cost of living. I mean, because yeah. uh, politically speaking, very similar. Oregon, Washington mm-hmm. State, you yes. said, right? Mm-hmm. And it ain't cheap living in you know your big metro areas of either state. No, not at all. Things uh, that teenagers of past generations found to be really thrilling and life-fulfilling seem to hold very little meaning to those of Generation X, or Z, rather. Published in the journal Child Development, researchers analyzed survey responses from 8 million teenagers gathered between 1976 and 2016. They discovered today's teens were much less likely to drive, to work for pay, go on dates, have sex, or go out without their parents as compared to other generations. That's interesting. And what what brought that on? Well, a study uh, director said the changes are due to parenting, parenting styles, teens themselves, the economy, fertility rates, the fact that people are living longer. They don't talk about the costs of moving out, but still we're talking about teenagers. But nowadays there's this whole sharing mentality, and, you know, you don't need a car to get around in a lot of places as much as you used to. Now, I as a youth devoted my time to Bible study and helping the poor. But according to some of my... The Bible! Thank you, uh, Mr. President. Some of my debauched friends, uh, alcohol, drugs, sex, cruising around, etc., etc. It was looking for excitement. It was something to do. And I think they, they they didn't mention technology. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. That's the reason kids don't drive. They can go any quote unquote anywhere in the world right. via their smartphones. They can communicate with their friends, whatever. Um, and that's part of it. And so it's you know the the tech thing, constant amusement. You have amusement at your fingertips twenty four seven. We're avoiding some of the sex and drug stuff and human interaction. 
Yeah, there's right. there's less boredom to cure, and a lot of right. activities are just cures for boredom. Right, I- including right. really good, valuable ones, mm-hmm. but also, you know, not so good ones. One last note, after threatening the complete descri- destruction of North Korea at the U.N. on Tuesday, President Trump then took aim at the Emmys. He uh, took to Twitter to criticize <laughs> the Sunday Night Award show for its low ratings. I was saddened to see how bad the ratings were on the Emmys last were, were night. Were you? Were you? The worst ever, Trump wrote. He suggested his supporters didn't watch, adding, smartest people of them all are the deplorables, exclamation point. So, again, that list is North Korea, Iran, Venezuela, and the Emmys. Yes. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. Here I'm starring Getty Show, the voice of the West. If you had said 20 years ago, 30 years ago, that in the year 2020, teenagers aren't going to be interested in driving, dating, drinking, you'd have thought... What could possibly happen in culture that kids, that 16-year-olds wouldn't go get their license the first day they could? Right. Virtually every futuristic novel or show shows what's going on now, but much more of it. You know, there's yeah. much less of it. Yeah. Well, if you'd have told me that in high school, I thought, why would it, are you crazy? Right. Do drugs, kids. It's fun. I don't mean that. That's what you might have said. For instance, I don't think I would have said that. Don't do drugs, kid. They're they're not fun. I'm going to hit you with that entitlements thing I've been promising for a while, and uh, need to talk more about the current president's former campaign manager had the FBI FBI bust into his house, which is not something that happens a lot unless you're a big time criminal. Oh, listen to this. The presumption of guilt. Jack Armstrong, bad America. (laughs) (laughs) Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. According to Politico, Trump has dismissed Ryan as, quote, a Boy Scout and complained in private that it's difficult to have any sort of relationship or even make small talk with Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Oh, I wish I could see Trump trying to make small talk with Mitch McConnell. Do you have a gold apartment? I do not, Mr. President. Oh. <laughs> Why does your face look like that? Um. Somebody texted, Trump should make Hillary ambassador to Libya. That would be something. <laughs> I think I think you can turn it down if you uh, can see it out. Well, just the gesture would be hilarious. <laughs> um, so welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you familiar with the Mariko Aoki phenomenon? Say that again. The Mariko Aoki phenomenon. That is a uh, name of a Japanese woman. She wrote an article that got a great deal of attention in Japan, I believe in the 1980s. By the way, we're huge in Japan. Did you look at those podcast numbers yesterday? You know what? I did. Why are we so huge in Japan? We're like China. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Japan. I'm trying to noodle through why... That would be people who moved, right? I don't have any idea. I, I suspect that is the case, yeah. I, I don't know, though. We're like cheap trick. Shout out to Japan. Could be Vincent. Couldn't get any attention. Oh, boy. Couldn't get any attention in the you know in our own country, but they love us in Japan. Right. We're like, uh, what's the guy from Baywatch who's big in Germany? Hasselhoff. Yeah. <laughs> We're exactly like David Hasselhoff. Very similar. But Japan, uh, just a different Axis power. Never forget the Mariko Aoki phenomenon. It was an article written in the 80s, I believe, by a Japanese woman who noticed 
that every time she walked into a bookstore, she had to go poop. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Which, which, yeah. I, I've no, I noticed that as a child. I remember asking my mom as like a second grader, why is it every time I go to the library I have to go to the bathroom? BuzzFeed recently mentioned it, got a bunch of responses. WTF, why do bookstores make me have to poop? Bookstores make me want to poop. These are all different uh, uh, responses. Uh, Doc, you got to help me. Bookstores make me poop. Bookstores make me have to go poop. So you don't. At Dr. Phil, why do bookstores make me want to poop? You don't have on that on you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have that problem? I don't recall. I have to back when Borders Books was still open and I used to go a lot, but um I would have to a lot time for I mean, I'm okay, I'm going to want to look for books for about a half hour and I'm probably going to need 15 minutes for the bathroom. You know what? Now that I think about it, I have. So that's interesting. I think the number of sporting goods stores I've had to do that in is... Never once in my life. I go to Nordstrom's buy shoes, never. I mean, I'm in grocery stores a hell of a lot more than I am in bookstores, for instance, but almost never. Right, like once ever. Unless there was an unfortunate uh, previous evening. Uh, For me, it's new model homes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I have something I don't want to confess to in terms of model homes, but we don't have time for that. The Mariko Aoki phenomenon, Japanese expression uh, referring to an urge to defecate that suddenly felt after entering bookstores. Uh, Yeah, a magazine article, 1985. According to the Japanese social psychologist Shozo Shibuya, the specific causes that trigger a defecation urge in bookstores are not yet clearly understood. There are some who claim it does not exist at all. It's an urban myth. No, that that it's it's real. They're absolutely wrong. At the same time, there are also intellectuals who have attempted to discover the mechanisms behind the phenomenon using knowledge from fields such as biology and psychology. Possible theories behind the phenomenon include the smell of paper or ink having a laxative effect for not yet understood reasons. The association with reading at home on the toilet? Nah, not not as a kid. I wasn't reading on the toilet when I was in second grade. Perhaps the posture of browsing makes bowel movements easier. I know I look at books like this. (laughs) Full squatting position. I think you can imagine the position I assumed. Pants around your ankles. Exactly. Uh, The evidence for these explanations, however, remains weak. Then they have an entire section on symptoms. (laughs) We know what the symptoms are. (laughs) I don't need that. Uh, Then also worth mentioning the conspiracy theory. There's a theory on the internet that seeks to pin the cause on a conspiracy by the toilet paper industry. Oh, I like where this is going. (laughs) According to this theory, (laughs) the industry mixes large quantities of certain chemical substances into books and other paper products Mm -hmm. handled in day-to-day life, and these chemicals have the effect of stimulating the defecation urge. Let's just call it the DU from here, or the burden of Damascus, yeah. the Armstrong and Getty uh, term, which increases the demand for toilet paper. So what they do, they produce, it's the paper industry. They make the pages of books be laxatives, so they sell more toilet paper. If only they could somehow make toilet paper make you want to read somehow. Maybe book reviews on toilet paper. I found it a fascinating read. You think, wow, I ought to buy that book. Then you go to the bookstore and what do you have to do? Poo again. It's a perpetual profit machine by Big Paper. Makes sense to me. I like it. This one is interesting enough. I don't mind if they use taxpayer money to fund some sort of research <laughs> to try to figure out why that's going on. Because what what is triggering triggering our body like that? I can think of nothing else that triggers me like that other than Papa John's pizza. <laughs>
We need to find out what bookstores and Papa John's Pizza have in common. Oh, boy. So, entitlements have been out of control since the very first entitlement, which was um, given money to Revolutionary War uh, veterans. I am somewhat familiar with that and, story. I can't and, wait. And, and it's happened. It's happened the same way over and over again. There's a new book out about it coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.